0: With the second pick, the Denver Broncos select
1: Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, Von Miller. Von Miller.
0: Von Miller. Von Miller. Howdy, guys. I am Von Miller, and this is the first ever Cast presented to you by Bleacher Report. We're going to be coming to you guys throughout the season just to give you my perspective. And I'd like to start off with a couple of tweets. See what's going on on social media first. Social media is where you get a lot of your information happening daily. And we can start with this one by me. And it's uh, my haircut. <laughs> and it says uh, Von Miller stock going up. I can take a second to talk about my haircut. I actually started doing this a very long time ago. It's probably like five years ago. And it started off real, real small. And it just kind of like developed into what it is today. I'm from Dallas, Texas and the culture there when it comes to haircuts, whether it's food fade or shags or or the South Side fade or, or whatever, man. I've, I've been doing crazy haircuts my whole entire life. And I've had this for a while. It's crazy how it got you know, so much pub right now. So it started off about six years ago with a little you know, itty bitty triangle and it just grew. And um, now it has like a meaning behind it. It means uh, three generations, my dad, my brother, and me. Also, it means, uh, staying neutral or positive, but never negative. No, I'm just joking. I-, <laughs> I was just joking. I just came up with that, man. It's just my, it's just my haircut, man. And, um, I just wanted to do something unique. And here it is. It's me. check out another tweet. There we go. My guy OBJ was at the game. This was the uh, banner reveal in LA. It's my first time back in LA, man. It, it was crazy, man. I thought about, you know, my return. Ever since they started the schedule, thought about my return back to LA, what it was gonna be like, how was I gonna be receptive? The reception was good, man. We dropped the banner, man, as my second Super Bowl, you know, to do it with Odell, man. It, it it was crazy, man. I remember, you know, talking to him whenever the Browns let him go. I remember talking to him, like, hey man, come to LA, man. We a team up. You know, we can go chase this ring. L.A. is a place where we've obviously spent a whole lot of time, even before we played for the Rams. And um, to have him there and go through that whole run and to say stuff and really just talk it into existence way back in November, man, it, it was cool, man. I, I never forget my time in L.A. I never forget any of my teammates. Never forget my time with Odette. His locker was right across from mine. And, you know, hopefully we can, you know, run it back here in Buffalo. <laughs> While I'm doing this, I'll be taking questions from the chat as well. So if you got any comments, you can put it below and I'll and I check them out and I'll get back with you guys as well. <laughs> they said one Miller sacking Stafford. You know, it's crazy going into this game. I have never sacked Matthew Stafford. And I didn't really think about it until after the game. Played Matthew a couple of times. I, I got close, but not actually a true sack. You know, we played Detroit a couple of times and I was super close. But coming into this game, I, I honestly didn't even think about sacking the quarterback. I didn't even think about sacks. I just wanted to play the best possible game that I could play for me and my teammates, whether that's uh, getting a, a sack, a tackle for loss, whatever it may be. A, a whole lot of huge expectations with me being here for the Buffalo Bills. And I just wanted to live up to that. And it, it definitely does feel good to get a sack on your old quarterback at your old stadium. So it, it was just a crazy experience, man. I, I always remembered it. Never sacked made Stafford before, and we got him two times to start the season. Oh, it was good. This uh, tweet says, I just want to point out, that I love the nickname Von Miller coin for Josh Allen, the creature. Um, I, I don't know, I, I was just talking um, during my press conference whenever I came here and it just happened. Like I, I was just thinking about, you know, how tall he is and how range he is and he can throw and he can run. And it just kind of like came up. Whenever I'm in my press conference, I, you know, I always like to look at different perspectives and I want to be on the media side when I'm done. So I always try to go above and beyond for the media so they can have things to talk about. So whenever I'm doing my press conference, I'm, I'm just open and I just talk to them about, you know, what state of mind I'm in, what I'm thinking about, how I'm actually feeling. I just try to make their jobs a little bit easier because I can kind of see that perspective on the other side and it just happened, like, I was thinking about Josh, thinking about him running across the field and throwing a pass to the other side of the field. I was like, bro, like, he's a creature, man. I don't know what type of creature, but he he definitely is. And it, it definitely holds true, he's, he's tough, he's strong. You know, he can run fast. He's a great leader. And he really doesn't take anything serious. I'm like, he talks with like this little Will Ferrell voice, man. And it's it's so funny, man. And we all follow his lead. You know, he's he's confident in himself. Not a not an overly confident thing, but he knows that he can make any play on that football field. He's all about winning. And um, yeah, I'm I'm happy to be here in Buffalo with the creature. <laughs> this says, Let's do a new NFL offseason where Vaughn Chooses who's going to win the Super Bowl by going to a new team every summer, like and make it like the Bachelors. This it, it didn't happen like that. I always felt like I was going to stay with the Denver Broncos, and I was going to be a Denver Bronco for the rest of my career. Um, I had built my house up, you know, it was really supposed to be like a forever home, and I just never had the thought that I would leave. So when I went to the L.A. Rams, it wasn't my choice. I had got traded to the Los Angeles Rams. So when I got there. I also started to feel like, okay, this is, you know, where I want to end. You know, it's L.A. I've I've been going to L.A. for 12 years, made a lot of friends there, got to play with Aaron Donald, like Hall of Fame, one of the best defensive players that I've ever played with in my whole entire career. And I played with some great ones. And I had Leonard Floyd and Jalen Ramsey, and I had all of these guys around me, and it was L.A., and it's the lights, and it's Hollywood. I I never really thought that I would leave L.A. and then free agency came (laughs) Free agency came and it just kind of happened that way, like it was so tough to leave L.A., man, even me thinking about it now, even after winning the first game of the season, like I still like, you know, got a lot of love for L.A., man. And and I'm always thinking about, like, man, like I could have been in L.A. with Aaron Donald, like all the movie stars, you know, we have one cold game that's going up to Seattle, man. It's always good with the 49ers. It's always good with the Arizona Cardinals, man. It's just. It just kind of happened that way. But this is a great idea, man. I, I, I like the Bachelor style. They have all the teams, all the top teams. And then Vaughn the just goes. But I'm, I'm not, I can tell you this right now. I'm not, I'm not leaving Buffalo. This is a great place. I love this place. You know, we're going to do some special things here. And, and I want to be a part of it. Dan Feats. Vaughn Miller is exactly what the Bills Mafia have been missing over the last two years. Um, I don't know, man. Like They had great rushes before me. Jerry Hughes. Like I said, coming here was a lot of expectation for me. And I love the expectation. I love pressure. I feel like pressure is a privilege and um, to just leave the Los Angeles Rams after winning the Super Bowl and to come here and try to change you know the history of this place and try to come here and win the Super Bowl for the Hall of Famers before me and you know for my teammates that have laid the foundation to be that last little drop to to get over the hump, man, it, it, it's great, man. I just I just pray that I can, you know, continue to be the player that I know I can be, to be the player that this community needs me to be and be this player that this franchise needs me to be. You know, football is tough. You know, you win games and you win by 21, and, you know, you make the plane, do backflips on the way home, you know, all of that stuff, man. But football is, is a tough sport. It's a humbling sport. And whenever you're thinking about, like, Super Bowl or postseason success, it's really like drinking out of a fire hydrant. Like, it's just so much to absorb. And um, what I've really been preaching is just taking it one play at a time, one game at a time. Um, let's put it all out there and see where we end up. We're going to have great games, but we're going to be met with some adversity too. And, and when we get met with adversity, those are the defining moments of actually finding out what type of team we'll be. And I'm, I'm excited for those defining moments. I'm excited for the rest of the season. And I am excited to bring in my Very first guest on the Vaughn cast, Calais Campbell. He was the 2019 Walter Payton Man of the Year, which is the most prestigious award that you can get in our craft, that you can get playing football, that you can honestly get playing sports. You know, it it goes out to a guy that that has been so selfless and really poured himself into his teammates and his community. And uh, that's what Calais Campbell has done, you know, winning the Walter Payton uh, Man of the Year. I've been nominated, so I know how important it is. I wanted it bad. You Know and to um, you know, be here sitting with uh, Calais Campbell, one of my good friends, with him winning the uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year in 2019 is humbling. You know, he has more accolades to go with that. You know, he's a six-time Pro Bowler, 2020 Pro Bowl Defensive MVP, which that is a great award, too. Like to end the season off, being the MVP of the Pro Bowl team is good, too. It's, it's, it really doesn't end better than that. This is my brother. This is my friend. He's helped me out on so many different things. He helped me out with my pastoral summit. And now he's helping me out with my uh, podcast career. This is Calais Campbell. How you doing, bro? Man,
1: I'm blessed, baby. Blessed. Happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, I appreciate you, man. Let's, we can start off with some football stuff, man. This game, this past weekend, you guys killed it, man. It was a defensive, great defensive game. Y'all had three sacks. You had one sack, two assisted tackles and four total, man. That's crazy, bro. How did it feel to start off your 15th season with the Baltimore Ravens?
1: Man, I tell you, uh, it felt good, man. You know, I wasn't sure if I was gonna come back and play football. I was gonna retire almost, you know, when I was trying to go back to that process. And I'm glad I made the decision. I came back, man. I felt good out there, man. You know, a little sore, you know, you're 15, you know, I'm a sore, yeah. you know, you can get sore after that. But, uh, <laughs> I had a blast, man. I love this game. I, I, it's gonna be hard to walk away when the time comes.
0: Right. You know, this is my 12th year. And when I'm in a locker room, I honestly don't feel, oh, like, my mind doesn't feel old and my body doesn't feel old. And honestly, I hate saying old in general. I just try to keep my mind positive. But sometimes when I'm around the young guys, I can just, like, hear their jokes and hear their perspectives. And it makes me feel like, oh, not not anything on the football field or what I'm watching. It's just being around, like, a totally different generation in the locker room. That is where I feel old. Do you feel old, old in those situations, too?
1: Most definitely, man, especially when it comes, like, to the music and like some of the like they don't they don't understand some of the pop culture I grew up on. Like they don't some of the, some of them have like good dads that kind of taught them about yeah. like, you know, Fresh Prince and Martin and like some of the shows and like just like I mean, you know, some of the movies that were classics that I grew up on that they never even heard of. It's like, wow, this is crazy. These dudes is young, man, 21, 22 years old. That's crazy. But you know, it's, it's it's cool to be able to be that big uncle to teach them some things. So yeah. I, I try to put that good information in there, get them watch certain movies and things like that, bring some culture to them.
0: It is, I you know, I'll be in the locker room and I, and I DJ, so I'm the controller of of all the music in the locker room, and I'll play a song that like gets me hyped. And it, it doesn't it, it doesn't even have to be like you know old school. It could be like you know early future, early Drake, and guys are looking at me like, dang, like you still listening? I'm like, bro, like these. <laughs> This is this is music. This is what you're supposed to listen to before games. And then I get, you know, the requests and it's just a totally different generation. It could be, you know, NBA young boy and all. Which I'm a fan of all of these guys, but you know, the music is just totally different. The music that I use to get hype is, you know, Future, Drake, Little Wayne, and to these guys, it's, like, so foreign. You know, their musical taste is, is totally different. But, you know, I'll I make it happen. I'll make it work. You know, I just try to, you know, really absorb what everybody else is listening to and just put it out there. So, for sure,
1: man. I love being in the locker room. No place
0: like it. It's, it's no place like it, man. And I know you uh kind of contemplate retirement, too. I haven't thought about retirement at all, but I know you got a son. You know, my son just turned one. I know you got a two-year-old son, Dakari.
1: Yeah, Dakar, yeah. Bro, and he's going— yep, he, Young King. He
0: looks huge, bro. I know he just got his first haircut. <laughs> you waited, so you waited two years to to cut his hair?
1: Uh, well, I took to get a professional cut. I cut his hair on my own a couple times, you know, just to kind of— I, I don't know what I'm doing, really. Yeah. i ain't never cut nobody's hair before, but, you know, he my son, so he got to get messed up. <laughs> but uh, I took him to a professional barber, finally, had to get him clean one time.
0: Yeah, you said he cried for—you said he cried for 10 minutes <laughs> before the haircut?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, he was crying you know, at the first the beginning of it, he was crying nonstop. And then once like he kind of got settled and realized it was gonna happen, he was just cool the rest of the way. I was like, man, that's cool. There we go. See, it ain't that bad, baby. It ain't that bad. That's yeah, cool. I don't have
0: hair like that. You know, my my hair started doing all type of weird stuff, you know, about 10 years ago. So when it comes to my son, I really want him to have like long hair, like the braids. So I want I wanna wait until he tells me that. He doesn't want hair until he realizes like, here's an Instagram post right here. I want him to really, you know, see what it's like to have hair. And I want him to make the decision. I don't want to make the decision for him, but, you know, I want to be the guy to take him to get his first professional haircut, too. So when I saw this, this uh, Instagram post, man, I, I really felt that one. And whenever you get ready to retire, man, you'll be able to spend so much time. I know in the offseason, me walking away from my, my son, Valor, man, and, and going to OTAs, coming out here to Buffalo for training camp was tough. He started walking while I was in training camp. She sent me, uh, his mom sent me a picture of him walking. It just, it made me feel like, man, I I really got homesick. I was in the dorms in Buffalo and I was like, man, what am I doing, man? I'm supposed to be here with him, man. And you know, it's all for a greater cause though. I'm still working, I'm still trying to, you know, create a future for my son, man, trying to do more for him. So I can definitely relate to you, man, about, you know, retirement and spending more time with your son, for sure.
1: Yeah, man, I will say, man, yeah, it seems like he's—they he, he they grow up so fast, and, like, so many moments I already feel like I miss, but there's so many more moments to be had. You know, he's only two, so he got plenty of time to have a whole lot of moments, so I'm going to enjoy this season. Who knows if there's future seasons for me or not? I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but I, I definitely wait to have my kids. I was like almost done with playing football but I do want to see him in the locker room a little bit more give him a little yeah. more football love but he's a big boy hopefully he wants to play it we'll see
0: yeah you got to get those you got to get those pictures with your teammates man you got to get the Lamar Jackson pitcher, man so he can have that man with Lamar Jackson go to the hall of fame and all this stuff man speaking of Lamar, Lamar Jackson yeah you know he's going through contract which we've all been through this some type of I don't even know what it is because I'm on the outside looking in and I, I always just try to bypass the narrative because I was on that side too. And I know like the media, they they pump this type of, you know, narrative to say, I, I turned down this or I turned down that. And you know, I don't really like to look at that. I look at it this way. The quarterbacks before him, whether it's Deshaun Watson, whether it's Kyler Murray, uh, whether it's Patrick Mahomes, you know, all of these guys got paid and it's his turn. Like, that's just how it is. It's, it's, it's his turn. He's done everything he could possibly do to put himself up, to have a great contract that jumps all of those guys, because that's just how it works. You know, this guy gets paid this much, and it just you have to carry the bar higher and you have to do whatever it takes to get there. You can't take less. You have to do whatever it takes to get there. To be out of those guys, the highest paid guy. Cause it's just, it's just a stepping stone. Like once Kyler Murray went here, Lamar Jackson goes here. Once Deshaun Watson goes here, Lamar Jackson goes right here. And it's not about um, of course, it's about on field production. Lamar has done all that. He's been MVP of the league. He's done everything for his team to get this contract. And it just baffles me whenever we have like these stalemates between player and the team.
1: Yeah, man. I'll say that he's very aware. He understands what he's supposed to do. He understands like, you know, where everybody else is getting and where everybody else is at. He's a smart dude. You know, I also think he's confident. He knows. Like, hey man, I, I can play this game at a high level. He knows he's capable well of doing. And so he knows that the longer it takes for the deal to get done, the more valuable the deal becomes, you know? I mean, the market's always going up. Salary cap goes up every year yep. with the exception of COVID. You know, it's been going up, I think, you know, pretty much 10% a year on average for the past, you know, what, two CBAs. Mm-hmm. And this next CBA with the TV contracts we just signed, it's about to go even more crazy, yeah. you know, going up. So, um, you know, I mean, he, you know, he, he's a smart man. He's very aware. And, he, uh, you know, to be doing it by himself, which is rare, yeah. very, very rare. But, you know, that, that kind of, you know, a lot of guys get nervous with that. But, you know, I mean, when I talked to him a little bit. I don't ever try to get in this business too much. I let him do his own thing. But, you know, just try to see where he was at. And I can tell that he's a very, uh, very smart and intellectual. And he's, you know, he's doing well for himself.
0: Yeah. You, you got to get a guy props. He's representing himself. Um, he's betting on himself, you know. And he's not dragging this all out in the media, too, you know. A guy like me, if you know, if I didn't get paid, I'm, I'm not playing this year. I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm not playing this year. I need my money. I'm did it, you know. And you know, uh, props to Lamar, man. He's been very, very professional about this whole situation. You know, he hasn't let it drag him down. You know, he's out there playing. He's out there with his team. You know, every time they ask him about it, he, he kills it. I can tell that he's a team guy. He's putting his team first. At the same time, he wanna get this deal done. And he's not letting it, you know, affect his own and field play, which that is the most important thing because they want you to take, going through the contract negotiations, they want you to take a step back so they can point that out. Like, see, this is why, or that is why. And you know, he's still continuing to play at a high level, even with all this on his plate, even with all this on his mind, man. And, and uh shout out to um, Lamar Jackson, for sure. It's definitely. You know, as I as I stay in the league 12 years and these years just keep adding up for me, I'm sure you can say the same. You know, I, I look at the player safety, you know, side of things. And, you know, I've been through two CBAs now. I played through two. I played through two CBAs and I see the type of steps that we take for player safety and all this stuff. And I'm and I'm conscious of guys that are coming up after me and how could I make the game you know better for these guys, and I saw um, the Dallas Cowboys game uh, versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and this chip block went viral. And we've all had these chip blocks when we played uh, the Cardinals. I think it was in two thousand and twelve, maybe two thousand fourteen, maybe where you got a chip block where you got high low from the outside and actually injured you, and you and you couldn't play the next week from the high low, and that yeah. that sparked a rule change that you can't have high low blocks in the game before. And this is the uh, chip block against Michael Parsons, which. You know, to uh, Lenny's defense, like I-, I love Lenny. I don't have any. This is this has nothing to do with Lenny Fournette. I'm not calling him out. He's doing everything he's supposed to do. He's playing within the real within the rules at this point. All I'm saying is, this block, it could have been done without this much contact. You had to think about player safety, and these guys are our marquee guys. These guys, this is the future. You know, coming up. Like he's a defenseless player, and everybody. I saw the I saw the comments on on Twitter too. They was like, man. What are we doing with the game? You got to make it soft. Like, I, I understand all of that. I'm just thinking about player safety. If the guy was on the line of scrimmage, say if we had him on the line of scrimmage, that's all good. You can chip him on the line of scrimmage like I can see you. But to come from the backfield up into chipping the guy mid-rush, it's not safe. Like, I actually tore my ACL on a play just like this. So I've always been conscious of the chip blocks. That's why I have a line of way outside the chip block, and I'll run the hoop. <laughs> I'll run the hoop, and i tell tell that, that three technique to hit it. I tell them to get up the field, and we can run the text game. We can do it that way because I know how dangerous this play can be, especially when I have all my focus on the offensive tackle. How do you uh, how do you feel about this?
1: Oh man, I hate it. You know, uh, I feel like like you, you made a very valid point. You know, uh, the rule changes. We're always trying to make the game safer. You know, being part of the uh, you know executive committee. You know, we don't really get a lot to say so in the, in the rules department. We're trying to figure out how to do that, how to be more effective in that world. But this is something the NFL has to look at. You know, because. You know, uh, I mean, I didn't know you tore your ACL on a chip block. That's crazy. But when you think about it, you know that block. I mean, I've been in a situation where I've got a chip like that where you don't expect it to come, and it really. It, I mean, you put yourself at risk, you know. And the one you saw about in Denver, man. Uh, I mean, he went, when he dove right at my knee. That's the worst. I mean, I'm glad they got that out of there and they put it where you have to at least stay, uh, stand up. But even then, you know, like if you're on a line of scrimmage, you chip, That's part of it. that's football. That's 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 fair. But when you come from the backfield when we can't see you, that's not okay. And um, I felt like you know, the NFL, you know, I mean, we've been really big on trying to score points and, you know, make rules for the offense to be in a better situation. But I think we need to do some more for the defense. And it's that play that we should get rid of and also that uh, coming back and, and cutting on the on the plunge block or the cut block mm-hmm. when a tight end comes back across the line of scrimmage and dives at the DN's legs, man. I, I just feel like, you know, I'm okay with him having that block and stays up, but don't come down low into the knees with a full-speed Ahead, runs. That's what these quarterbacks doing the zone read stuff mm-hmm. because now we got to play all that and so you don't get a chance to protect yourself. I think that they have to get make the game safer for both sides of the football, especially on defense now because so many of the past rules have went to the offense.
0: Yeah, and we we paying these guys like bro, like when it's Michael Parsons' turn to get his contract, bro, he's gonna get paid fifty five million dollars a year. Like, why you want a, a running back coming from the backfield and chipping the guy and 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 throwing his shoulder out of place or worse, hitting him in the head? Another play. Um, that I absolutely hate is when they start to tight end on the opposite side, and then they motion him over to the opposite side of the field outside the numbers, and right before they play, they motion him back in and he chips from the outside on the line of scrimmage, he chips from the outside, waits for you to get up field and he just decleats you. That's it's nothing tough about that. Like you can get that same block done by simply just being in the way. For example, if it's an interception, changing field, sudden change, defense is running down the field, like we can't just clean up offensive linemen. We can get in the way, though. We can get in the way and slow them down and chipping the guy, crack blocking the guy during the interception and just being in the way they both get the job done. One is a whole lot safer than the other one. And that's that's just what I'm all about, especially for these young guys, man.
1: Yeah, man, we got to just keep uh, keep pushing it in the media, keep pushing it to the lead, and eventually get done. And like you said at the beginning of this, is making the game better for the young guys. Because, you know, by the time the rules get changed, we probably going to be long gone. But, you know, making it better for the guys that come after us, man, that's important. 100%. I got some questions for you from
0: fans in the comments. They said, so are you going to talk about y'all's alma maters going against each other this Saturday? You know, I was in that game when we played y'all. We came to Miami. It was a Thursday night game. I think it was 2000 and... Maybe been 2007, it was a, maybe been Tuesday night game where we came down there and we got stomped at the old Orange Bowl. But we playing you guys this week. I'm not sure if I'm on a bet, man. We just lost to Appalachian State, man. I, <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. We give Appalachian State their credit. They always knocking somebody off. You know, they did this to Michigan. They were number one team. They did that to Michigan some years ago. They're always being top teams. They have a great football program. Kudos to those guys. This has nothing to do with the Appalachian State football team. I'm talking about the Aggies. How do we lose that game? We had playoff aspirations. We had uh, national championship aspirations. And it just looks like all of that stuff will have to wait one year. We had the best class, the best freshman class to ever come through college football. And I'm, you know, those losses like that hurt. I can see us, you know, fighting a tough fight with Alabama. We losing that. Like, you can deal with that. But the one in Appalachian State is tough. So I'm not sure. That I want to bet you on this Miami game coming up. Cause y'all got a great game too. I saw y'all put up 70 points on. What t-
1: what, uh. I mean, yeah, I'm Bethune Cookman though, so it's a HBCU, you know what I mean? It ain't, they, they, you know, they don't yeah. got the players to really be able to hang. But. I don't know. I, I, if y'all would have won that game, I'd have felt better about it because now y'all come off a loss, you know, it just give you the extra edge you need, like a bounce back game. And I don't want y'all to have no extra motivation, no extra momentum. But at the same time, you know, as, you know, if for us to be what we want to be, we have to be able to beat teams no matter the emotion state they're in. So, you know, with you coming off a loss, you know, I expect them to be more locked in to be ready. So we're going to have to beat them on y'all turf too, in y'all stadium. Yeah, it's going to be tough. But hey, you know what? Uh, that's football.
0: Yeah, it's going to be tough, man. I'm a big fan of, what's his name, TVD? Tyler, I think it's Tyler Van Dyke.
1: Van Dyke, yeah. He's got some juice, man. He can play football. I play in the senior bowl with
0: DVD, Demarcus Van Dyke. So to see TVD and DVD, man, it's crazy, man. Miami, y'all doing some crazy stuff. It's going to be a great game. <laughs>
1: But we gotta do something. It gotta be, it gotta be something. It ain't gotta be no money or nothing. We gotta do something.
0: If the know? Aggies, if the Aggies win, i send you an Aggie jersey, wear it for a day. If the Miami Hurricanes win, you send me that, that Miami Hurricanes, I, I'll post it on my story. That's how we'll do it. I'll put the jersey on, post it on my story. Back, but, back. but when the Aggies win, you gotta do the same thing. And I, the other guy has to be, you know, in charge of getting that jersey. I sure. send it to back. you. I get your, uh, I send it to the facility so you can get it done. You my guy, man. I, I know everything gonna be cool, man.
1: For sure. I'm going to go ahead and get everything lined up. Because I already know my boys go handle business, so I'll make sure it's there right away.
0: I got you, man. It's, it's going to be a good one for sure, man. And, you know, before I let you go, man, you know, you've had a crazy career, man. I've always looked up to you, man. You've helped me out on so many different things. I just wanted to ask you personally, man, what are your top five plays in your career? They don't have to be sacks. They don't have to be a specific quarterback. Just tell me your top five plays that you've made up until this point.
1: All right, I'm going to start with that same game where I got hurt. We were talking about earlier when um, Thomas hit me in my knee. Before that, I caught an interception on Peyton Manning. You know, and that was crazy. I got tackled on the, on the, on the three-yard line by Peyton Manning too, though. But still, I don't care. I picked off the GOAT, one of the GOATs, you know. And, I, and that's cool. For a D-lineman, we don't get many times, get our hands on the ball. So for me, yeah, I love that. That's huge. Uh, two, you know, uh, I, I remember, like, you know, I grew up a diehard Broncos fan because I grew up in Denver. And uh, you know, I remember the Broncos beating Brett Favre in the Super Bowl, and I remember just watching Brett Favre as a kid, and then being able to play against him in the NFL was crazy. Now he's playing for the Vikings in 09, but I I, had, uh, I told Coach. I said, Coach, man, there's this play like we, we put in earlier in that week, and I was like, Yo, this if you call this play, it's got to work. And he was like, Okay, I'm gonna call it next third down. He called it, and so in my mind, I was like, I gotta make it work, and I, I beat my guy, ripped inside, grabbed Brett Favre, and like suplexed. and so that's back where you can kill quarterbacks. Bro, I did get fine though. I, I, did, get said, fine. I did get fined. He <laughs> did get But I sacked Brett Favre, and you, you know, that's, you know, he's a legend. The guy I grew up watching. So that's cool. Um when I went back to Arizona, my first time, you know, I thought I was gonna be an Arizona Cardinal for life, and I ended up going to Jacksonville and you know ended up being a, a blessing in disguise because I had, you know, probably my best my best season ever in Jacksonville. But when we went back that year, uh, you know, my man uh Gakwe forced a fumble and I scooped it and went and, and I scored, man, and uh sc- you know, scored a touchdown and uh, in that stadium, and I wasn't sure if they was gonna boo me. Like, you know, like seeing Seattle boo uh, Russell Wilson, I thought that was crazy. Uh, But nah, the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, they didn't boo, man. They showed me some love. I heard a whole lot of cheering in there when I scored a touchdown. Now, they won the game, so I think it was easier for them uh, to cheer. But uh, it was cool to have the stadium still show me so much love going back.
0: That's dope.
1: Yeah, then, you know, we had a game back in, I don't know what year it was, but, uh, you know, every time you play against Tom Brady, man, it's always a great game. But I had a game where I sacked him. Twice, you know, Jeez. but there was, uh, you know, that first one yeah, where I had to go get him. So second Tom Brady, that was that was huge. And then, um, I mean, there's so many great plays, but, uh, you know, I'm going to go back to the like my first like big play. Uh, and I don't remember if it was Christmas or Thanksgiving. It was one of them like holiday games playing against the Cowboys, and I was a rookie. And there was uh, Marion Barber had kind of like a little, uh, little screen pass, and he cut back, and he didn't see me coming and i came through and i hit him with everything i had and he cu- and he fumbled you know coughed up the ball mm. and uh we ended up scoring and we ended up winning that game and that was one of the crucial plays that winning the game and it's just like you know that was like when i realized like i could be a star in this league so that one that one felt pretty good
0: man i, I appreciate you Brad. I, I know that must be tough for you to make so many different plays man and blocked. So many different kicks, you know. You've done so many crazy different things, man. And I know it must have been tough for you to do that, man. But I appreciate you doing it. I appreciate you being on the show, always helping me out from the past rest summit to this show right here. Always helping others out too. Walter Payton Manager Year 2019, the most prestigious award in all of sports. It goes to my guy, Calais Campbell, man. And I want to say thank you again, man. I appreciate you so much for being on the show, man. You know, for Calais Campbell, my boy. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. For sure. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. I have some end of show questions from my guys in the chat right here. Um, First question, it says, in honor of your move to Buffalo, what is your favorite wing spots? Oh, oh my God. Like, there's so many different crazy wings here. Like, bro, I had to start off with barbells. Barbells, the Cajun Honey Butter Barbecue Wing. And I'm a chicken man. I like, got my own chicken farm. I know chicken. I know, how, I know how it's supposed to taste. I know Barbeel and Buffalo. They do an amazing job. Shout out, Barbeel. I appreciate you guys. Another question is, is the goal this season getting the NFL sack record? I think that's every season. I think that's every single season. I think you want to go out there and you want to break the sack record every single year. It's 22 and a half. T.J. Watt. He tied it last year. And I think for every top pass rusher that feels like he's one of the best to ever play the game, that's what you're thats what you trying to get every single year. It might not always happen, but I think that's always in the back of everybody's mind. This next question says, I played my old team in the first game of the season and we won. Russ just played his old team and lost. What must he be going through today? It's tough, man. And honestly, I never even thought about the idea of losing In LA, It was just how my mind works. I never thought about losing. I never thought about losing to, uh, you know, my old teammates in my old stadium. That just never crossed my mind. I always have positive self-talk and I envision myself making plays. I envision myself uh, of the crowd going crazy. Um, I see the Super Bowl banner. I never really put that negativity on my mind. But to speculate, knowing Russell Wilson, I'm sure it's it's not a big deal. Like this is the first game of the season and um, you got it out the way. They had our very first game of the season going back to our old teams and you passed it. Now you can not necessarily take a deep breath, but you can just focus on football and not necessarily the emotions that you'll be involved in during the game. The emotions that you'll be involved in with old teammates and the fans. Now it's just football when football is already hard enough. So to deal with your emotions going back, this and that, it it makes it a little bit tougher. So I'm sure he's relieved whether it was a win or loss that he can focus on this next team coming up and he can have a successful game this week. Because that Denver Broncos team is going to be good, man. Like Bradley Chubb turned it on, man. He had two sacks in the second half. Um, Randy Gregory, oh my God, like his speed to power move is going to be deadly. Remember I told you guys this, like I'm watching the rush. Of course, I'm watching the Broncos, but I'm watching the rush. Randy Gregory, Brandon Browning, Bradley Chubb, Jonathan Coop, man. These guys are going to have a good team. And you know, sometimes a loss is great. And to start the season off with a loss, they're going to be refocusing, going to be ready to go this week. And you can expect more of the Denver Broncos, expecting more out out of Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. This next game, I can guarantee you They're going to let Russ cook and he's going to be cooking with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton all game. None of the little check downs. Of course they're going to beat her, but he is going to Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy all game long. I can guarantee you that. Um, Another question, how good can Josh Allen be? This is probably the craziest question on there because we all know that Josh Allen is going to be really, really good. (laughs) He's going to be excellent. Uh, He does everything right. He doesn't take anything serious. He has this little Will Ferrell voice that he talks with. Man, it is funny, man. and You know, he has the talent to back up everything. He has a, a great foundation of players around him, whether it's Diggs or, or Gabe or, you know, or Singletary. This offensive line is, is, is a very, very good offensive line. We got a great team over there. And I feel like Josh Allen is going to <laughs> be good. He's going to be good. He's going to be the MVP. I just watched. I told you that. Next question is, what's the week two song title? Um, week two song title, I would have to say, Bright Lights on Monday Nights. And I just came with that one out of the top of the head because we playing Monday Night Football versus Tennessee Titans at our stadium. So this next track is going to be Bright Lights on Monday Nights. This next question is, how's a chicken farm? Which I get this question all the time. First question that I get is, uh, are my glasses real? The next question that I get from damn near everybody is, how's the chicken farm doing? And the chicken farm is doing great. I'm very blessed and appreciative to have, you know, the team behind me. Shout out Paul and shout out Cameron, all those guys at Greener Pastures Chicken, man. I appreciate you guys for helping me out, getting up off the ground and making this into what it is today, man. I couldn't do it uh, without you guys. I appreciate you guys and the chickens are doing great. This last question is, it's an easy one. Y'all let me know down below. Who y'all want to see on the show, man? Anybody, you know, I'm cool with everybody, man. Whoever y'all want on the show, man, y'all put it down below, man. We're going to get them on here, man. We're going to make it happen, man. I appreciate y'all, man. It's DJ Sauce from the Dunn. This is the Voncast on Bleacher Report. I appreciate y'all, and I'm out.